Good morning, everyone. Welcome here this morning. It's so wonderful to see you all. Won't you please stand and join us as we enter into such an awesome time in God's presence. Do we have any visitors here this morning? Yay! We love it when you visit us. And to all our online guests, we also like to just welcome you. We just pray that you'll just experience such a wonderful, tangible time in God's presence. So we're gonna start off with a song, and I actually just, it's just something that I have on my heart. It wasn't chosen like this specifically, but two of the songs speak of the banner of God. And just, I just want you to, this morning, as we are singing it, to just imagine how you are in this dome and this banner of God that just surrounds you with His love and His protection. He is such a loving, awesome God. We serve a good God, amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that we can run to you. Thank you that you are our protector, our redeemer, the lover of our souls. Thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves, Lord. That our names have been engraved on your palms. Thank you. We are so secure in your love, your never-ending love for us that we are worthy in your presence, Father. You've come and you've stripped off every little bit of unworthiness and you've made us yours. Thank you that we can just run to you, Jesus. Amen.
God, you are Lord of all, King of kings, the name above all names. We cry out your name this morning, Father. There's so much power in your name, Father. We come and we just pray every single name of Jesus over us.
no name like yours. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you. So maybe this morning you need to just tell Jesus how much you love him. How much he means to you. That he is more than enough to come and supply in every single one of your needs. Whatever they are, whatever challenge it may be, he is more than enough. Church, he made the stars, he made everything, and he still chose to dance over us. Claim that victory this morning. You are more than enough, more than I could ever ask for, more than enough, El Shaddai. You are more than enough, more than I could ever ask for, more than enough, El Shaddai. You are more 
in 1 Timothy 2.8, it says, In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands, lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Can I ask all of the men, just as we worship with this chorus again, if all the men could just raise their hands in surrender to your Abba Father. The Bible says here, let every place of worship men to pray and lift up holy hands. This is an instruction to the men. It's a place of surrender that you have a father, an Abba, who loves you with an unconditional love. This is a place where you are surrendering to somebody who is greater than you. So I'm going to ask, man, let's just worship again, men. Let's just worship with our hearts to the best Abba Father, the best Father we will ever know. Thank you, worship team. Ladies, you can join in. You can join in. Let's just worship Him. Father, we love you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you that you love us with an unrelenting, self-sacrificial, perfect love. And what a joy it is, Lord, for us to worship you, to honor you, to love you, that you are the perfect Father, that there is no darkness in you, Lord, that you are good to the very core. We love you. We worship you, we honor you, we celebrate you. We bow down to you, Lord, as Lord, as God, as Savior, as the one who is above all and in all, the one in whom all things exist. And Lord, what a joy it is to exalt you, worship and adore you for who you are, Lord. And so, Father, we commit our lives to you, we give you and surrender our hearts to you, Lord. We worship you, and in everything, we, are, we covenant to give you the honor, the praise, and the glory in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 You may be seated, everyone. Thank you so much, worship team. So wonderful to worship. Great to see you all here this morning. So it's my joy to share the offering scripture with, us, with you this morning. We believe that giving is an act of worship. And so as we give, it's just an expression of our trust in how good God is. And I'm reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 
In this portion of scripture from verses one to four, Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church about the Macedonian church who were giving freely. And then he goes on, even though they were poor and struggling, they gave generously. And he says this in verse five, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So the first thing he's saying is their first action was to give themselves to God and then to the church, the local church. And then he said, so we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. So you might be sitting here and saying, man, I don't excel so much in my faith or in my gifted speaking or maybe in my knowledge or my enthusiasm, and even maybe I don't excel too much in my love for everybody else. He's saying there's one thing that you can excel in. He says, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. He's saying, man, if you want to be good at something, be good at giving. Be good at being generous. The word excel here in the Greek is the Greek word parisio, which means to superabound in quantity or quality, to be in excess, to be superfluous, to cause to superabound or to have much more, to be abundant, to be better, to give and have enough to spare, to exceed, excel, increase, to redound and to remain over and above. So he's saying this is how you can excel. You can Excel in your giving by being super abundant in your giving. You know the guy, Colonel Sanders? Any, anyone heard of him? He was a Christian. And he lived on 10% of his income. He made a commitment in his heart that he wanted to give away 90% of his income to the church. And he actually built many, many churches. Have you ever heard of the guy who invented Caterpillar? You know Caterpillar? He lived on, nine, on 10% of his income, and he gave 90% of his income to, to church and to ministry. Colgate, Quaker's Oats, many, many guys who invented things got to the place where they, it's like God is more than enough for us and made a commitment in their hearts to live on 10% of the income and gave away 90%. And that's what he's talking about in this portion of scripture, that we can excel in our giving. We can be abundant in our giving. Amen. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that you are an abundant provider, that you are a good, good father, that you desire to bless us to be a blessing, Lord. And we thank you so much that we can partner with you and extend your kingdom through being generous in our giving. And Lord, in everything that we do, we give you the honor and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning, Pastor Jan is going to continue our series on much more. And man, what a powerful message you are in for a treat. So open up your heart and receive the word of God this morning and enjoy the service with us.
morning, everybody. Wonderful to be with all of you in church this morning, and I'm really excited to continue our series on much more. I hope you were all as blessed as me last week um, by Mama D's message. Um, I just thought it was such a good start, you know, uh, for the series. And, um, you know, through her message, I was just reminded that God is a big God. You know, we serve a big God, and I really believe that's one of the revelations we'll never stop growing in how big God is, how powerful he is. So we're never going to stop learning about his power, also his love, but I believe in this life and even in the life to come because God is a big God. And it's always good for us to renew our minds and see God who he really is because sometimes we limit him through small thinking and seeing, seeing him as small. So I really believe this series is going to be a blessing to us. And I'm excited to share today. I want to share some things with you that have really impacted me and helped me a lot in my life, and he's still helping me, and I really hope it will be a blessing to you as well. And, and what I want to talk about today is really the blessing of God. And all uh, I've got uh, three points for you this morning, uh, three things I want to talk about, and they all have to do with, with the blessing of God. And because for us to experience the much more life, the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, we need to learn how to walk in the blessing of God. Because it is really the blessing of God that produces that much more life in us and through us. So I hope my message today will be a blessing to you. And my first point is the power of God's blessing. It's so important for us to understand the power of a blessing of God and how the blessing of God can produce wonderful things in us, through us, and for us. And to talk about the blessing of God, I want us to go to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. And before we read this passage, I don't know if, if you ever wondered about it, but you know, we, we read in the creation story that God placed man um, right at the end of creation in the Garden of Eden. Now, as far as, as I understand, we are more important than the animals and, you know, really the crown of God's creation. So, you know, I wondered, you know, for a while, why didn't God create us first? Since we are the most important, you know? But it really is because God wanted to prepare everything for man before he created man. So God didn't create Adam and Eve, and after he created them, think, oh my goodness, we're getting hungry, I need to provide food now. Now he already provided food. He already provided everything that mankind needed from the very beginning to experience his blessing. So from the very beginning, we see God's intention and his heart toward us and how much he wants us to be blessed. But we read in Genesis 1, Verse 27 to 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So from the very beginning, God really equipped mankind to be blessed. He fully loaded us to experience an abundant life in life. And we find, you know, from the very beginning that God gave man an identity. We read, um, that, you know, here that, that God created us in his image. So he gave us an identity. He gave us his authority. That's the dominion he gave us. He, he blessed us with his blessing. It says God blessed a man from the very beginning. And he gave us a purpose. He said, fill the earth and subdue it, so he gave us a work to do. So from the very beginning, you know, we see God's heart for us and how much he loves us and how much he desires for us 
to be blessed in life. But one of the things he gave us from the very beginning was his blessing. And he wants us to walk in his blessing and he wants us to experience the power of his blessing. In Genesis 1.28, the message um, vision uh, renders it as prosper, reproduce, full of, take charge. So the first words that mankind heard from God, you know, were prosper. God wanted us to prosper from the very beginning. And again, he equipped us fully to be able to, to, to prosper. And some of you might say, well, Yanu, that, that's wonderful. And we know God blessed Adam and Eve in the beginning. And that's great. We know Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. But didn't sin change everything? And the truth is, sin did change a lot. It changed the world. It changed nature. Um, sin brought in the curse. So sin changed many things, but it didn't change everything. You see, it didn't change the love of God. It didn't change his heart and desire to bless us in life. And we read in Genesis 9, after Noah um, exited the, the ark, that God told him the exact same thing that he told Adam and Eve in the beginning. So when God started over with Noah, he blessed him again, gave him that dominion, you know, told him to, to prosper and, and have dominion and fill the earth. So God never took away his blessing after mankind sinned. And it's so important for us to know that, to understand we can still experience the blessing of, of God and so much more because we live under the new covenant and through what Jesus did, but we'll get into that later. But God is a good God and sin didn't change his heart toward us and how much he loves us. And it's so important for us to be mindful of that. In Proverbs 10, uh, 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So here we read that the blessing of, a, of God will make us rich in life. Is that only financially? No, it's rich in all areas. It includes, um, you know, finances, but it's really rich in our relationships, rich in our health, rich in our emotions, rich in our, in our purpose. And I love how it says the blessing of the Lord will make us rich, but there will be no sorrow that will come with it. You know, you can become rich in the world, you can become very rich financially, but if it's not the blessing of the Lord, there can be sorrow attached to it. If you have a lot of money, but your relationships are all a disaster, you're not really rich. You know, in the world, there's a lot of poor people with money, you know, but God wants us to be rich in all areas, and it's the blessing of the Lord that produces that in our lives. We're also told in Deuteronomy that God gives us the power to get wealth and to produce wealth, but it's His blessing that produces it. And sometimes we, we call things that we experience blessings, but it's really the blessing of the Lord that produces nice things in our lives. But it all comes from his blessing. And, and it's so important for us to view him as our source in life. You know, the, the blessing of God is like having a chicken that produces eggs for you. And you, you enjoy the eggs and, you know, the eggs is, is good for you. But sometimes we get so nervous if, you know, some of our eggs get broken or stolen. But the good news is, is if, if you still have a chicken that produced the eggs, you will have eggs again. And sometimes in life we face problems and we get so stressed because we forget where the blessing comes from. See, the blessing of the Lord can make you rich in any area. It can produce nice, great things in your life even if you lost everything. 
because it's His blessing that produced it in the first place. And if it already produced it in your life, it can produce it again. But let's trust in the power of God's blessing. But some of you might be saying, well, I know that's great, but what about sin again? We know now we didn't change God's heart toward us, but sin did bring in the curse. And that is true. See, the, the, the problem today is not that God took away His blessing. The problem is that sin brought in the curse. But there's good news for the believer. Because we read in Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive a promise of a spirit through faith. So we see here as believers, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. You know, you know, in Deuteronomy 28, it, it, it lists the, the blessings of, of God, but also the curses. And whenever you read a curse in Deuteronomy 28 or under the Old Covenant, you can read it and say, I am redeemed from that because of Jesus. And then it says there, you know, so that we can be blessed with the blessing of Abraham because of our trust in Jesus. We can experience the blessing of Abraham in life. And you might be asking, what exactly is the blessing of Abraham? And before we look at some of the things that the blessing of Abraham produced in Abraham's life, we need to understand that it's not really, technically it's not the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing of God. You see, I believe the blessing of Abraham was also the blessing of Adam. It's the same blessing that God blessed mankind with from the very beginning. It's called the blessing of Abraham because it was really Abraham's trusting God that opened the door for God's blessing to flow through. And I believe because of Abraham's faith, he is honored, and it's called the blessing of Abraham. But technically, it's the blessing of the Lord. But let's see what the Bible says about the blessing of Abraham. In Genesis 24, 1, it says, The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. You see, God wants us to be blessed in all areas, not just in one area. The blessing of Abraham wasn't just, you know, the ability to be blessed financially or to walk in healing or to have prosperous relationships. It was to be blessed in all good things that God has available for us in life. And that is what we have because of Jesus, not because of our goodness, but because of what he did for us. And in Genesis 12 verse 2, we see God saying to Abraham, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So the power of God's blessing and the blessing of Abraham also helps us to be a blessing. It blesses us so that we can also be a blessing. And I love a scripture Pastor Steve read this morning, but we need to also remember the blessing of God is not just for us to be blessed. It's also so that we can be a blessing. But it's quite difficult to be a blessing if you're not blessed. The desire can be there. You know, you can have all one kinds of wonderful intentions to bless people. But if you're not walking in the blessing, you can only be a blessing to a certain degree. You can just be a little blessing. But, but God wants us to be a big blessing. And the blessing of the Lord helps us to be blessed so that we can also be a blessing. But I just wanted to start this morning to remind you that there's power in the blessing of God. It's really His blessing that is producing all the wonderful things in our lives. And through Jesus, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, but thank God we have not been redeemed from the blessing. We can still experience the blessing of God. 
But my second point this morning is blessings are better than miracles. Now, please note, I am not saying that miracles aren't good. Miracles are wonderful. I'm not anti-miracles. God is a miracle-working God. God loves to do miracles in us, through us, and for us because He loves us. And as long as we live in this fallen world, we'll need miracles, and other people will need miracles, and we can help them to receive those miracles. So God performs miracles. Miracles are very good. But a blessing is even better than a miracle. And you see, for us to really experience this much more life, this abundant life that Jesus came to give us, we need to go from miracles to blessings. What do I mean by that? Well, you see, if you need a miracle, it means you have a problem. Some of you are looking at me strange. Think about it. If you don't have a problem, you don't even need a miracle. So it's great to receive a miracle when we have a need or we have a problem, but it's better to walk in the blessing where you don't even need a miracle. Can you see why blessings are even better than miracles? You know, it's when you have financial needs and I've been there, you know, God will perform miracles. He will provide for you. But it's so much better to walk in the blessing of the Lord where you don't even need miracles. Let's think of healing. You know, it's great to receive a healing miracle, but it's better to walk in health. Healing is good. Health is better. Provision is good. Prosperity is better. Deliverance is good. Freedom is even better. And we need to go from a miracle mentality to a blessing mentality in order for us to experience God's best. And if you need miracles today, Again, God loves to perform miracles and, you know, we live in a fallen world. I'm sure all of us will still need miracles in life and there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Doesn't mean someone isn't believing God or doing something wrong if they need a miracle, but it's better to walk in the blessing of God. And sometimes we limit God because we have a miracle mentality. But a miracle mentality means you go from crisis to crisis to crisis because a miracle starts with a crisis. But when you walk in the blessing, it means you don't even have a crisis. In 3 John 2, John says, Beloved, I pray. In some translations, it says, I wish above all things. But here it says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. What is he saying? He's saying, I pray that you may walk in the blessing of God, where you will be blessed in all areas, experience health, where your soul will prosper, where you don't even need a miracle. That is God's best for us. That is for much more life. And it is a journey, but with God's help, we can get there. Uh, miracles are a temporary fix, while blessings are permanent solutions. What or which one are you choosing today? Which one are you believing God for? You see, a, a miracle makes for a great testimony. Let me give you an example. If we have someone today that comes and says, I'm just using this as an example, but let's say somebody went to the petrol station, needed petrol, didn't have money in his account, didn't have cash, and right there at the moment, God provided, somebody you know, paid money into his account, it was the exact amount he needed to fill his car, and he was able to do it. Now, God does that, 
God provides miraculously and we thank God for it. But you know, that makes for a great story. It makes for a great testimony and it's wonderful and, and we should share those testimonies because it will encourage others. But if I, if I say to you, somebody else also went to the petrol station, had more than enough in, in his account, was able to pay for his petrol and he had more left over to pay for someone else to if he wanted to and if God let him to do it. You see, that is better. The story is better when we experience the spectacular provision of God. But God's best is for us to not even need that spectacular provision where we walk in his blessing. And I want to encourage you today, don't just believe God for miracles. Believe him to walk in his blessing. Listen how Paul describes a financial blessing, not just a miracle. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8, he says, And God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Enough and extra, more than enough, much more is what the blessing of God wants to produce in our lives. He's not saying here, you know, you're just going to need God to provide miraculously all the time. No, God will generously provide all you need so that you have a surplus. You have enough and extra. Some people will say, I'm not going to believe God for increase or more because I have everything I need. That's great, but don't be selfish. The blessing of the Lord is for us to be blessed, to also be a blessing. Believe Him for increase so that you can have more than enough, much more, so that you can bless other people too. Psalm 5.12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. How many of you are righteous? Hopefully all of you, if you're a believer. If you're not, we can help you with that later. But the Bible says, as believers, we have a righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are not sinners. We may still sin, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ because of what he did for us. And it says here, the Lord will bless the righteous. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing we see in the New Testament. But we are blessed as the righteous. Then it goes on to say, this blessing will produce his favor because with favor you will surround him as with a shield. You know, God wants us to experience his favor in life, supernatural favor. Where, where we walk in so much blessing, we get embarrassed about it. But where we also get to be a blessing to the world around us, where we get to advance God's kingdom. And again, it's not just about finances, but it does include that. But let's remember, miracles are good, but blessings are better. And I don't want to settle for anything less than God's best. I want to experience his much more life. Andrew Womack said, it's always better to avoid problems, which is the result of living in blessing, than it is to be delivered out of them, which requires a miracle. But you know, there are really two types of Christians in life, and I'm, I'm not talking about true Christians and false Christians. I'm talking about differences in true Christians. The first type is a true Christian who is blessed and believes it. The second type of Christian is a true Christian who is also blessed but doesn't believe it. Which one are you? You see, as a believer, you are blessed because of Jesus. You have a blessing of Abraham on you. The blessing of the Lord is in you. But in order for you to see a manifestation of that blessing in your life, you need to believe it. You need to walk in it by faith. You need to trust God for it. You are already blessed 
but choose to also believe it so that you can walk in it. So let's go from miracle mentalities. Again, thank God for miracles, but let's have a blessing mentality. Amen? Then my last point this morning is God is never withholding his blessings. And on this point, I also want to show you why it's important to know what comes from God and what doesn't come from God. And this really impacted me so much in my life. And I want us to look at James 1, uh, chapter 1, and we're just going to look at four different verses, verses in, in that chapter. And in verse 1, James says, or the Bible says, James, a born servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So the James here that wrote this book was a half-brother of Jesus. And it's actually interesting, but James didn't believe in Jesus while Jesus walked on the earth. So even though he grew up in the same family, was a half-brother of a son of God that was manifested on the earth, he didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God. And it was only after the resurrection of Jesus that James started to believe in Jesus and he became a committed follower of the Lord Jesus. So it's that James who wrote this letter. And then when it says scattered abroad, it's referring to the, the believers who were scattered abroad because of persecution all over the Roman Empire. So because of severe persecution that broke out, the believers were just scattered everywhere, all over. And because of the severity of the persecution, you know, they had to leave their homes, leave their jobs. The persecution was quite severe. And as you can imagine, they probably had some questions. You know, we're believers. We're supposed to walk in the blessing. Now we're getting persecuted. Why is this happening? And some of them probably got confused. And, you know, uh, church history tells us that they started writing letters to James. Because James was a very respected Christian leader in Jerusalem and I'm sure that they thought, if somebody has answers for us, it's James. And they started writing letters to him and asking him questions. And through the response of James and, and in this letter, we, we find some of the questions that they probably asked him. And we read in James 1.13, um, where James says, Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So this response from James tells us what these Christians asked him. I'm sure they asked him, you know, listen, we we experiencing this terrible persecution. Um, why is it happening? And, and is it God allowing it to happen? And the words, the first four words in, in James 1.13, where it says, let no one say, some translations say, let no man say, in Greek, it's actually a very strong rebuke. And it literally means, I hear what you're saying, and I don't like it. Stop it, and stop it now. That's literally what it means in Greek. So whatever these believers were saying in some of the letters, James was saying to them, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't like what you're saying because it's wrong. Stop it, and please stop it now. So what were they saying? Well, he tells us they were saying we are tempted of God. And the word tempted there doesn't just refer to being tempted to sin. You know, some people will read that and say we can all agree God doesn't tempt us with sin. But it actually also refers to destruction. The word also means destruction. So they were saying, you know, we're destructed of God. It comes from God. But the word of there in Greek can actually come from two different Greek words. 
Um, there's two different words James could have used, Greek words, when he said off, of God. And the first one is hippo and the other one is apo. But the first one, hippo, refers to direct implication. So if he used that first word, he would have, the believers would have said, listen, God is causing this persecution. This destruction is coming from him. So at least they weren't saying that because James didn't use that word. He used the second word that can be translated as off. So at least they had that understanding that God wasn't controlling everything that happens. You know, some Christians are still on that train where they believe everything that happens comes from God. I'll just give you one example. I can give you so many from the word. I'll just give you one. You know, Jesus was in the boat with his disciples when a storm broke out. The Bible says he was asleep. The disciples woke him up and eventually he rebuked the storm. Wasn't passive towards the storm. Now, if God was behind the storm, then Jesus rebuked God. Jesus rebuking the storm shows us God was not involved in the storm. Now, why do we blame him for storms in our lives when Jesus rebuked the storm? But the other word for off, the Greek word that James used here, doesn't refer to direct control or direct involvement, but it means involvement from a distance. What it basically means is God didn't cause this, but he is allowing it. And don't we hear Christians say that all the time too? I know God didn't do it, but God is allowing it. But you know, it's like me saying now, you know, I didn't beat up my wife but I watched another man do it and I allowed it. What's the difference? We must be careful when we say God allows this and God allows that. So these believers started to think, you know, because of the persecution we're facing, surely God is allowing it to happen. And God did use it to bring good out of it. As they were scattered, you know, they shared the gospel, the gospel, you know, you know got shared everywhere. So God is a master at bringing good out of bad but he's not the author of a bad. They were saying to James, you know, is it God allowing this? And what did James say? He said, I hear what you're saying and I don't like it. Don't ever say it. He went on to say, because God cannot tempt anyone with evil. He doesn't have anything evil or destructive in him to give us. When you enter the presence of God, the last thing you will experience is any kind of evil. There's no evil in God. He doesn't have any evil to tempt you with or to bring destruction in your life with. So it's so important for us to understand this because many times believers yield to things they should be resisting. And that can hinder Christians from experiencing the blessing of the Lord in their lives. Sometimes we yield to destruction, destruction and things that happen in our lives, storms when we should be resisting it, like Jesus did. So it's so important for us to understand that. And then in verse 16, James says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Do not be deceived about what? This truth is sharing here. And we're going to look at verse 17 now. But you know, it's so important for us to know what comes from God and what doesn't come from God. Many times Christians will say, God works in mysterious ways. You know, I'm, I'm not going to, say to you what James said, but I really want to. <laughs> you know, I'm sure James also would have said to you, I hear what you're saying, and I don't like it. Because if you read the Bible, God is actually much more predictable 
than most Christians thought. I'm not saying that we put God in a box. I'm not saying that God never surprises us. God has surprised me so many times in my life. You know, I needed provision. I trusted him for, for provision. And I was convinced he was going to provide for me through certain people and, and doing it this way. And then he did it completely differently. So I like to say God works in surprising ways because he does. You know, even me coming to Naisna Vineyard and God opening the door for me to come and serve under Pastor Stephen Mama D, it surprised me and it blessed me. But I trusted God for my next step. It wasn't a mystery. It was surprising, but it wasn't mysterious. Because in the Bible, we can actually see from Genesis to Revelation, God's heart for man. What comes from him and what doesn't come from him. If God wanted to remain a mystery, he made a big mistake to send Jesus to the earth. Because the Bible says Jesus is the perfect representation of God the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Was Jesus a mystery? When somebody went to him for healing, what happened? Yeah, they got healed. Differently, I'm sure they got surprised sometimes. I mean, one guy got healed by getting mud on his eyes. That would have surprised me, but they knew healing would happen. See, we must be careful not to think of God as this mystery, and we never know what we're going to get from him. He's a good father. He loves to surprise us. He loves to bless us. Let's not put him in a box. Let him be God. Let him provide for us the way he wants to. Let him bless us the way he wants to. But we can expect blessing. We can expect to walk in his blessing in life because we know what comes from him and we know what doesn't come from him. But let's read verse 17. And here is where I want to show you that God will never withhold his blessings from us. It says in verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It means it never changes. It's always the same. You can count on it. But I want you to notice there where it says comes down. You know, he was saying every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And then he says it comes down from him. And the words comes down there in Greek is actually a compound word. And the word is kata baino. It's a compound of the words uh, kata and baino. And the word kata describes something that comes down so hard, it is dominating. And the word baino means to step down. But in the culture of a day, this word was used to describe a downpour of rain. And it wasn't used to describe a little drizzle or light rain. It was used to describe a downpour of rain, a rain like a rainstorm. Have you been in a downpour? You know, where you drive on a pass and you can't see anything in front of you because it's raining too hard. You need to stop. That is the image James wanted his readers to get when he said, these good gifts and perfect gifts come down from the Father of lights. They come down like a downpour. What does that tell us? It tells us that God is so eager for us to walk in his blessing. It tells us that God has much more available to us. And it tells us that God will never withhold his blessing from us. Some of you might be asking, well, Yano, if, if the blessings of God come down like a downpour, why don't I get hit by some of them at least occasionally? It's a good question. But the answer is, you know, we still need to receive it by faith. 
we still need to trust God. It's not automatic. You know, if God were just controlling everything, we would always be blessed if he, you know, controlled everything. But it's not automatic. What he provides by grace, we still need to receive by faith. We still need to believe for it. We still need to renew our minds. We still need to have a blessing mentality and an expectation of his goodness in our lives. So it's not automatic, but God has a downpour of blessings coming down to you. Good gifts and perfect gifts, not with destruction, not with things killing, stealing and destroying, only abundant life things, things that will produce much more in your life. But I wanna end today by reading James 1.17 to you out of a Renner interpretive version. This is a translation, an interpretive translation by Rick Renner, who is a Greek scholar, wonderful minister of the gospel. And he translated this verse, you know, according to the Greek meaning and the context. And it's just so powerful. I want to read it to you, James 1.17. It says, you need to know that everything given by God is always good, beneficial, and profitable. Make no mistake, this is what God always habitually and perpetually gives. Even more, everything bestowed on us by him will never subtract from our lives, but whatever he gives adds to our lives. It advances us, completes us, matures us, and perfects us. This is what comes from heaven, and it comes pouring down from the Father whose specialty is imparting life and who is known of light that dispels every hint of darkness. If you draw near to his side, you'll find that with him there is absolutely no inconsistency, no mystery on the question of what he gives and what he never gives. You see, he's not like a shadow on a sundial that's constantly changing because the sun's position is always moving around. Instead, on the question of what he gives and what he never gives, God's position is so absolutely fixed that he never budges. Isn't it beautiful? God has blessing in store for us. God has blessing available to us. I want to encourage you today to remember the power of the blessing of God. It can produce more than you ever thought possible in your life. And remember, blessings are better than miracles. It's okay when we need a miracle, but let's trust God for the blessing. And remember, his blessings come down like a downpour. He will never withhold to take away his blessing from us. Even when we mess up, even when we make a mistake, his blessings don't come down to us because of our goodness. We don't deserve it. It comes down because of his goodness. Amen. Can I ask you to stand for a moment, please? And as you stand, I want to ask you to just close your eyes. As you close your eyes, I just want you to focus on the Holy Spirit. I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak and minister to some of you today. Maybe some of you need to have a, a shift in your uh, thinking, in your beliefs about what comes from God, what doesn't come from Him. Maybe some of you need to go from a miracle mentality of just surviving in life to a blessing mentality where you can thrive in life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you have believed lies about Him and 
what comes from him. Why don't you just repent now? Change your thinking. Renew your mind. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm believing the truth. I'm believing you are good. That good gifts and perfect gifts come from you. Blessings come from you. I believe it will never change because you never change. And if you need a miracle today, God loves you. Jesus performed miracles. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still wants to perform miracles. If you need a miracle today, trust God for it. He loves you. But also don't settle for less than his best. Trust him to walk in his blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just sense that God wants to restore joy to some of you. Maybe you've lost your joy because of something that happened or maybe it's not even because of circumstances, it's just your thinking. But God just wants to restore joy to you this morning. He wants you to experience His joy. The joy of the Lord, which will be your strength. Just thank Him for that. Thank Him for His joy, His peace, if you need that to be restored in your life. I also just sense the Holy Spirit wants some of you to know you carry the miracles of other people on the inside of you. At your workplace, people you interact with, you carry their miracles on the inside of you. God wants to bless them and He wants to do it through you. Allow him to do it. Follow his leading. Pray for people. Share the gospel with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you came today and you don't know Jesus yet and you'd like to receive him as your Lord and Savior. You've never made that choice to say yes to him, to receive him. As a free gift. If you've never made the decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. If that is you, won't you just raise your hand? I'm just going to lead you into a prayer to receive Jesus. Just raise your hand so that I can see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm going to ask all of you to raise your hands to just pray after me. Just confess this with your mouth, but pray it from your heart. And I'm going to ask the rest of our church family to join them as we celebrate with them. And let's just all say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. Today I choose to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to belong to you. 
I want to follow you. And I want to experience your goodness. I want to experience your blessing. And I want to know you intimately. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you so much for people saying yes to you, coming into your kingdom. We know there's a party in heaven right now, and we celebrate with our new brothers and sisters, Lord. We just thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we could be reminded this morning that good things come from you, bad things don't. Help us to believe it. Help us to see it, Holy Spirit. Help us to not only have a miracle mindset, but a blessing mindset where we can experience your blessing, your best, your much more life that you came to make available to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for increase. Thank you for favor. Thank you for leading and guiding us. We love you, Lord. And we're so thankful for you. Who you are, what you do, You're a good, good father, Lord. You are the father of lights. We honor you, Lord. We exalt your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you gave your life to Jesus today, please go to the corner there. There's a sign that says, what now? We just want to bless you with a book that will help you in your journey with Jesus. If you need prayer or ministry, please join our ministry team here in the front. They would love to pray with you and agree with you. Thank you for coming today. You are highly favored, deeply loved, and greatly blessed. Amen.